0: Tandem Nomads, episode Forty One. So, if you're not allowed to work, you know, that can be very frustrating. It can be very demotivating. But that's where you have to make your plan convert it in such a way that you're still being able to find that fulfillment and to live your own plan.
1: Welcome to Tandem Nomads, where inspiring expat partners from around the world share with you how they turn the challenges of relocation into great opportunities. So are you following your partner abroad for his or her career? Then Tandem Nomads is the place for you go to com and sign up for the newsletter. Hello Nomad Nation, this is Emel Deregi and today I'm excited to introduce you to Kirsten de Wisman. Kirsten, are you ready for the ride? Absolutely. Kirsten is Dutch-Canadian raised as an expat child across the Netherlands, Canada, the Dutch Antilles, the U.S., France and Spain. Kirsten then settled and built her career in the Netherlands as a program manager and career advisor in universities. In 2007, although she was offered three major positions by various universities, she took the decision to leave her promising career to join her fi- French-Finnish fiancé. He was sent to Albania for his job. Since then, they had two boys and have been moving across Africa to Cameroon Burkina faso and now they live in zambia while moving from a country to another kirsten has been able to take few job assignments but also trained to become a certified coach today she is helping expat partners redefine their identity rediscover their passion and reconnect to a life and career they love so kirsten this is a short overview of who you are is there anything i missed and tell us what's happening in your life today
0: I think you've cap- captured it very well. I uh, I don't have much to add there at the moment. Um, what's happening in our life at the moment is that we're in a bit of a rocky uh, a, a rocky environment. Since last week, there's been quite a few uh, riots, which have a xenophobic um, tint to it, sadly, mm. and. Um, there seems to be quite a bit of unrest around some mysterious and suspicious murders there and the Zambians are revolting. So Mm. they're actually saying, you know, what's happening isn't right. And what's the police going to do to stop it? Mm Um, but it's a bit, it's, there's a bit of unrest going on and at times it's very close to home. So, um, yeah we we deal with it we try to explain it to the kids without too many details and yeah life goes on
1: but still yeah so how is it how is it affecting your day-to-day life
0: day-to-day life it affects in such a way that you you have to be on the alert i guess um and my route to and from school and other places can vary very suddenly and you think you're going home one way but then you hear that there's riots at the police station around the corner of our our house like yesterday lots of tear gas Mm. uh, which was blowing into our garden um, at the end of the afternoon so not a great place then to be when you have all that smell it's going to be scary (laughs) It it's well it didn't scare me as such. I thought, well, at least the police is there yeah. <laughs> you know. It's not, not a not a great smell to have hanging around and you hear the riots um from a distance and you think, well, we're safe around here but um it does affect you because there's spontaneous alerts, so they get sent out in bulk and yeah, warnings. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go here, don't go there and uh you could see it in in life because shops have closed, and they're slowly opening up, and the xenophobic tint to it is um the tone to it is not affecting the westerners but it's affecting. Uh, fellow Africans Mm -hmm. so
1: could you explain us a bit the context what's exactly happening in Zambia
0: about 60 shops that were owned by Rwandans Ugandans Kenyans and Tanzanians mainly had closed because of threats looting um, violence towards them as this population group is suspected to hide some of the um, criminals who have committed the murders and the murders um, are odd and gruesome and it's suspected that they're um, ritual murders so that body parts are used for other people's success for business for political gain, for all those kinds of scenarios. And me as a Westerner, I look at this and think, how on earth can I think that can benefit? But yeah, you know, you do
1: have to deal with different cultures and uh, cultural beliefs. And how, how are you feeling about this? What's, what's happening in your mind about your life there right now?
0: Well, it seems to be calming down this week. That's at least what I pick up. But last week... wasn't having a great week no um Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to then slip into the negative mindset you know um but Zambia is a great place to be and it Mm -hmm. um I wouldn't want to leave here yet but without jeopardizing anyone's safety absolutely there's no facts that's the thing I think there's no facts and based on no facts it's very hard to draw any conclusions but people went crazy um I think there was a wildfire and that wildfire spread to all the compounds. Um the compounds being the shanty towns. Um so you have staff working for you at home and they cannot go home because they're not safe. You know, it's not safe for them to go where they live because there's riots outside, there's police outside, there's people with guns outside. Um, you know, it's nothing like uh a, a coup d'etat, it's nothing like um, um, an ISIS attack—it's nothing like those things. But mm-hmm. there's ideas in people's mind that scare them, and they gather together, and yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it, things
0: explode. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I guess you need a bit of time because it's quite recent to process all of this and figure out—you know—how how is the situation for the Zambians, but also for you and what you would do, right?
0: Exactly, and it's it's we're you know we're not thinking this is going to escalate more because they brought out the riot police, they brought out the army, they brought out a lot more cops. But still, you know, it's also election year, so it can go all the yeah. It can can go in all directions. Elections are coming up in August, and um, Zambia has has had a very tough year um, with power cuts with. Uh, a lack of water, a drought and they're going to feel the effects of that it's all El Nino and they're going to be feeling the effects of that in the next months to come and we've had the end of the rainy season but we haven't had enough rain so the water levels in the dam which provides all the hydroelectricity Mm -hmm. uh, for the region um, it's going to get worse and we've already been at 8 hour power cuts since May last year
1: Thank you for sharing that. But how are you coping with it knowing that you have lived other circumstances in, in other countries, knowing that you have all these major like riots, but also all these aspects there, a luxury, having water, access to electricity? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with it knowing that you live there, that's your home now?
0: I think you take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I think. it it, sometimes it really goes on a day-to-day level but if i look at how we live now compared to when the power cuts started when the power cuts started they were at random and you never knew when they were going to happen now they are programmed so most of the time you can count on that um still there's room for uh flexibility and sometimes it's cut off like today it was cut off um five hours before it was supposed to be cut off and i'm wondering huh does that mean we're going to have almost 12-hour power cut today? That will be interesting. Because <laughs> by the end of it, the inverter will run out. At some point, the inverter will run out. And if it runs out, then it's going to get really dark in the house. Uh, and I'll have two screaming kids. Okay. I'm very unhappy because it is. But, um, so I guess you learn to be very
1: flexible in the circumstances, right?
0: I think you do. I think mm-hmm. you do. We used to have just a generator. Now, a generator is great but it's very noisy and it actually hurts your ears you cannot stand that for more than an hour or two but if your power is off until 10 at night and uh, electricity and uh, the sky is turned black at six you've got a very long stretch of darkness ahead of you Mm. and going to bed isn't just always the option (laughs) um but you become very flexible and become very creative. And that's where lots of people have boreholes. So that at least we have groundwater. And at least mm-hmm. with the rains, the ground level of groundwater has come up. So we're not scared that we're going to still run out of water, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn to live with it. It's not, you know, and now I feel like I'm in a super luxurious position because we've got hand inverters that just charge electricity when it's on and then it gives us a 12-hour backup supply which is great because we don't even notice when the electricity goes off Mm -hmm. there's a generator just in case Mm -hmm. and yeah i think we're in a lot better position than many of the locals sadly you Mm -hmm. know that's i guess this is one of the benefits of being an expat that these things are possible because if you were to pay this all out of your own pocket at a lower salary Mm. that's going to be very challenging
1: yeah for sure yeah. well thank you very much for sharing that but I would like to know more about you so take us to when you decided to join your husband abroad and how did you make that decision
0: I joined uh, my husband who was my fiancé at the time um, to go to Albania at the end of 2007 um, and to be honest I didn't give it much thought I realized that when he came home with the news the same day that I had three job offers that I really, really wanted (laughs) Um, to tell me that his job was going to take him to Albania. I had one day of just feeling really, really not feeling so great because I thought oh my god I've been working this network to get my own jobs organized for the last 10 months and it's actually happening um I did decide to just follow because I didn't see our relationship surviving otherwise Albania it felt like I was going to a whole different continent I didn't know much about Albania uh, except for the capital being Tirana Um, And I thought, well, if I want us to survive, I will have to follow along because a distance relationship isn't going to work to Albania. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So you went there without giving it a thought, really, but just for the sake of your relationship. So once you got there, how did it go for you?
0: Coming to Tirana was, it was exciting. It was absolutely exciting. It was very different (laughs) you know it was very different from from what i'd seen it was my first time to yeah the former eastern european part of the continent and um you know albania had only opened up from communism 20 years earlier so it was still um it, it is still very much in its developing stage by the time we moved there and we we had a lovely time it was a great place to be we The Albanians are wonderful people.
1: In terms of professionally, how did you manage? Because you said you quit your job, although you you had these offers Mm -hmm. and this dream job that you always wanted. So what did you do to settle down in Albania?
0: Well, that was a bit of an issue, I guess. Because four months into being there, I have a, a big personal crisis because I didn't feel that I was me. I didn't feel that I had any purpose to my life. Um... The walls were crowding in because, I mean, I'd followed him, but I didn't have a plan.
1: You went there, but you didn't have a plan. And I think that's a very important point you're bringing up here. Because a lot of expat partners, when they start in this journey the first time, they do not have a plan. And this is one of the main messages I want to share here is how important it is to actually prepare the ground before we move.
0: Absolutely. It's yeah. vital. <laughs> it's, I don't do it like that anymore. Yeah. No, it's actually uh, when I work with clients, it's really what's your own plan, draw your own plan. Yes, you can follow your partner. But what's your plan? What do you want to do? While you're in your next country? While you're going home? Um, what is your purpose? You know, for going there? And um, what impact do you want to have? What? do you want to do? And that's a very tough question for a lot of people. And I learned from it the hard way. Because four months into it, I had an emotional crisis. And my husband comes home to someone who's bawling her eyes out. And he's in total shock. What happened? Well, the one question of what do you want to do changed everything. Because within within a week, I had enrolled in... My coach training that I had wanted to do, and that was I was meant to do while working for the business school before. Mm-hmm. So I'm off to Finland because that was the closest location where I could go and, and do the intense course. Once into it, I realized what I really, really wanted was mm-hmm. becoming a certified coach, okay. and to do that through at that time the only internationally recognized institution. That has changed a lot since 2007, but at that time, it was the only institution. Mm. And they were an American um, coach university, yet they had, they were spreading their wings worldwide, and they had the opportunity for me to follow their fast-track course in Helsinki. Mm, okay. So that saved me a year of studies by going to Helsinki for two weeks. I had a whole fast-track training, very intensive, with um, I, me being the only foreigner in that program. So we had about 15 to 20 Finns participating, in, and me. So that was a, a very interesting experience, also with respect to my husband being half Finnish. So for me, culturally, that was, was very interesting. Now, from there... Besides doing my my coach training and continuing that through distance learning over the years to follow, um, I also started working in Albania for the American University, one of them. Anyways, I had um, established a network. I thought, there's no way I cannot work in education. Education is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I had started networking at the universities there. I'd figured out which ones were international because my level of Albanian was definitely not enough to get me by in a job at all. <laughs> um, I learned a lot of Albanian while I was there, but uh, not, not, no way I could do that, what I do. Um, so I ended up working at the... American University in Tirana which was fantastic but the day again the day that they told me yes let's go ahead you're gonna come and work for us part-time and set up the career services department here for our bachelor students um I found that I was pregnant mm-hmm. so I thought oh my god that's the perfect timing <laughs> um, mm-hmm. again for cutting things short but anyways I still managed to put in seven months of um work at the university and had a fantastic time doing that. Um,
1: Wonderful.
0: um, I think that was one of the best things I did in Albania for me was to also work in a local environment. So yes, it was the American University, but it was all Albanian students and majority Albanian colleagues. And it was a great way for me to learn more about the culture, to learn more about the language because I I was definitely learning five to ten different words a day. So by the end of two and a half years in Albania, I was able to have a pretty decent conversation in Albanian and and survive on the streets because initially it felt like I was a mute. You know, I could walk down the street and I would not know if someone was talking to me, if someone was shouting, um, if people were talking about me, which they did because my husband is half a head shorter than me. And that in Albania was just the most bizarre thing for people. (laughs) So you could hear the gossip. You could hear the gossip
1: behind you. Like, look at that, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So tell us, because that's that's just the first part of your journey. So tell us real quick, how did you go through all the other countries then? And how did you build up your business? And what has helped you in doing that?
0: Okay, what has helped me in doing The whole adventure is persistence, I guess, persistence and motivation to execute my own plan for me. That would benefit everyone else, Mm -hmm. but um, my step into Albania without a plan didn't repeat itself. No, Mm -hmm. I actually (laughs) worked with a coach to make my blueprint of yeah, basically a skeleton of what is important to me and then... I could modify that to my local, my new local circumstances. So Albania um, ended a bit suddenly uh, um, when my husband's contract was not renewed, which they told us right before Christmas, which was re- a great Christmas gift, not really. But anyways, mm. <laughs> um, we moved out of Albania without having another job to go to.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: by that time, we have a six-month-old baby.
1: That must be stressful.
0: It was stressful. Thank God for having great parents on both sides who supported us and who housed us and who took care of us. And um, that was quite, quite impressive. And we're very grateful for that, together with some friends who allowed us to stay in their apartments or houses and things like that. Um, But we ended up moving to Cameroon, which wasn't really my my wish but you know the um economic crisis hit Europe really hard at that time so Mm. there was no opportunities for us to stay and Cameroon was it um and though I didn't want to go I thought I've done Africa without kids professionally before I never thought I'd bring my kids to Africa but here I was bringing my child back to Africa and to Cameroon and we moved to Yaoundé. um I wasn't so excited about going and then the, at the end of the first week my husband has to go for a trip to the Congo and he gets kidnapped in Kinshasa oh. so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I definitely did not want to stay but you know I couldn't go back. There was no opportunities there either. So what do you do? You stay even in a panic state like that, you know? And that was in Kinshasa. It wasn't where we were living, but still I didn't know anyone at that time. So um I just met my neighbors and thank God for those awesome neighbors because they um they definitely took care of me cuz I bolted to their house when I found out and I was in a panic. Brought my little one around and they just said, don't worry, we're going to take care of all of this. (laughs) (laughs) What is going to happen? On top of his colleagues who also came, uh, came around and said, look, it's all taken care of. And it was only for a day, which was lucky, but it was a bit of a scary ride for my husband. And um, And did uh, you stay
1: then in Africa after that?
0: We did. We stayed in Africa. We stayed in Cameroon for... Again, a shorter period than we were supposed to Because, again, things didn't work out professionally for my husband Um, So, we were actually deciding that Okay, we're heading back to Europe And we're going to stay in Europe But the day that the container is supposed to be shipped off From Yaoundé to France um, My husband gets the confirmation that he has a job in Burkina Faso So we managed to call the port to stop the container being <laughs> bring that over back
1: <laughs> Exactly,
0: it was almost being loaded onto a, a container ship but none and we managed to stop it and it was redirected to Burkina Faso instead Um. so we were in Burkina Faso for about one and a half years and we had our second baby in at that time I didn't deliver him there but um I yeah, I had a taste of Burkina before I was born, had my baby in Europe and came back to Burkina, which was um culturally and people wise an incredible experience. Climate wise my big biggest enemy. I I I really struggled with that. I never knew how how extreme heat would affect me. I thought I was always bit, quite weatherproof and you know, mm-hmm. up to forty degrees I was fine. But with the extreme climate of Burkina, for about seven years, seven months per year, um, with temperatures above 40, <laughs> yeah. my days were very short, and my energy was just gone. So I wasn't a very happy person there, mm. except super grateful for the wonderful people I met and the Burkina Bay. Mm. But uh, coming to Zambia, where we are still today... Um, Thanks to those neighbors in Cameroon still, because our neighbors worked for Catholic relief services and they did something for my husband and as in a recommendation that we didn't know about. So then this job came by and my husband applied and they found a recommendation for him in their computer system. Wow. <laughs> so here we were. That was definitely with him him getting the interview he he managed to get this job here and Zambia has definitely been a place where I was able to reconnect with myself mm-hmm. and really come up with a plan for what do I want and I wanted my traveling business and that's where we are mm-hmm. it's working It's um, it's taken off this year and it's been a lot of hard work a lot of Again, motivation, persistence, and having my plan. I've given myself, I guess I've given myself a deadline. I said, if I want this business and if I want to pursue my coaching business, which is my portable career, I have to make it in Zambia. If I don't manage to make it in Zambia, I need to come up with a different plan. Mm -hmm. So um, I got down to getting more specialized because... I I loved career coaching, and I just wasn't certified to be a career coach. Uh, I am now. I started as soon as I got here, and thank God for distance learning and things like that. You know, have an internet connection, be able to download your classes, and you're pretty set. So it's definitely, this is not at the time that I grew up as an expat child, and there's no internet.
1: Yeah, this you know? is an important point you're bringing up here. If I try to, you know, take away some of the lessons of your amazing adventure and journey, I think we insisted quite a lot on the fact of having a plan. That's one of the most important yes. things for expert partners to do. Work on knowing what they want to do and, and you know, where do they want to go with their life on the long term, not just locally and short term mm-hmm. to those countries where we're going. And the second thing is how important it is to bra- embrace technology and internet which has made such a big difference for ex-spouses a huge absolutely. difference
0: absolutely I think it allows you to do so much more and to be so much more than let's say 30 years ago Definitely. Um, it's you know my husband's family um, my, my my parents-in-law they were also living the expat lifestyle and it was because my father-in-law was a wildlife conservationist so but they lived in the bush hey they lived in the bush mm, yeah. and I don't know how my mother-in-law survived that sometimes it's um it's crazy and when I grew up we grew up in in developed countries still as an expat but and even though my mother wasn't able to work in those places she would find all the volunteer projects that she could so if you're not allowed to work you know that can be very frustrating it can be very demotivating but that's where you have to make your plan convert it in mm-hmm. such a way that you're still being able to find that fulfillment and to live your own plan
1: yeah
0: be that through volunteer work or be that through distance work, um, there are opportunities. And it's the creativity that, that then comes in where you're able to to do what you want to do and get the experiences that you want to have and walk away with when you leave. Do you have
1: any practical tips on how to prepare our plan before we move to a new country? Anything practical and specific?
0: Yes, I do. I would say... First of all have your your overall know your purpose. You call it a purpose or calling or mission, your personal mission. Have that. With that. It it, it it it's a it's a guiding principle for what you want out of life. And you can get that together by I don't know, looking back and say, okay imagine that you're in your 90s sitting in a hammock or in a rocking chair somewhere looking back at your life what do you want your life to have been about mm-hmm. um, and and you know keeping the end in mind it really is keep the end in mind and then work backwards so for you to achieve that kind of life what do you do Where what are your steps along the way to get there because with that as a guiding principle you can actually take a lot more balanced choices and you don't fall into a yes trap where you just say yes 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 at everything that comes your way well in the end it's not going to give you the fulfillment that you want mm-hmm. um but know what you want know um, where you want to go what you have to offer and based on that plan your next steps and make sure that those steps are realistic make sure that they're achievable um and that they're clearly defined.
1: Very so, good. Those are really great, great tips. Yeah, The fact that you say how important it is to just imagine that we're 90 and we're looking back at our life and what do we want it to be about. And it's mm. not just about, we talk a lot about, you know, Korea and tandem nomads because that's one of the main ways that we do create that you know, independence we want to, uh-huh. to feel fulfilled and to feel happy because it's uh-huh. not only about money, it's also about you know, that feeling of accomplishment. So this is exactly, exactly what you're saying here. What have I achieved out of my life? And I like the fact that you said then build you know, the steps and get to know what you need to do to get there.
0: And Absolutely. make it realistic
1: and achievable.
0: Yes, and you'll have to test it until your local standard, you know, and depe- you know, depending on the environment you are, um, you won't just have all the opportunities waiting for you, um, you because of <laughs> the, you have to create them indeed. And, you know, it's a principle that goes for professionals as well. Work can consume so much of your life. Do you really want to be stuck in a job that doesn't give you any fulfillment? Mm -hmm. how how is that gonna give you any happiness how's that exactly how is that gonna have your life because you spend so much time in an office or or traveling for work going all over the place yet you're not able to get any motivation from it you're not able to get any energy from it so even in that setting i would always say where do you want to go with your life and with that decide which job which job is right and is a stepping stone it's about putting your stepping stones in place so that it actually guides you along mm-hmm. and uh, it's a waste being stuck into doing something that you don't enjoy that doesn't energize you that doesn't give you any personal development or professional development and time is ticking you know I think economies are also changing so when you repatriate and if you um, haven't done anything, that has given you a valuable learning curve or uh, where you've been able to implement skills that you've got and, you know, where you've been able to develop your so-called genius, Mm -hmm. um, then employers are also not going to be waiting and opening their doors for you when you repatriate. And then then what? Then you're really stuck. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so important to think about it because that day will come for most people. Yeah. where they're going back, and then you have a massive gap when your CV. Do you really want that? Then you'll never be able to do what you really want to do either.
1: That's a very good point, yeah. Very. So how do you help your clients know what do they want for their life?
0: I, um, I start with their life purpose. I start creating that, which is the toughest exercise for most people. Mm-hmm. because it's about looking what's really important to them it's like it's it's digging into it's, it's doing the soul searching it's doing uh, giving your purpose but it's about what's important to you is in your values what's important what motivates mm-hmm. you you know part of it is money but there's so much more towards motivation than just money it mm-hmm. gives you the lifestyle but um it's the inspiration it, it's um, looking at your skills, you know who 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 are you with everything that you've you've accumulated over the years? be that through studies, be that through work experience, be that through life experience, and volunteer work or student activities. Um, all these things matter. and the, the key is to find a bit of a theme through there to guide them. Along in that discovery process to what is important. From there, it is um, defining then what fits that as a tool to get you to your vision. Mm-hmm.
1: To like your vision you is building the blueprint, right?
0: Yeah, it's building that blueprint, mm-hmm. and um, from that you can start building your network. And thank God for social media. There, it's so. Vibrant and it's so valuable. Um, if I see how powerful LinkedIn is in Africa, for example, mm-hmm. um, job opportunities do come up a lot more easily for me, for example, here than in Europe.
1: Very mm-hmm, interesting. Um,
0: huh? Very interesting because you're 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 not part of the average professional um, coaching here in Africa. In Southern Africa is a lot more known and a lot more popular than in other parts of Africa, for example. Um, though the world is ready for it here to get coaching, it's not something that they're fully familiar with yet. So we're, I'm I'm building and, and opening up doors here too.
1: But it's amazing how you know you've been talking about your challenges in Africa and and you know how despite the fact that you're enjoying it the day-to-day life is not as easy as maybe in developed countries but at the same time and what i also noticed when i was living in developing countries is the amazing opportunity it brings us to make a difference and to actually be different and bring new services and open new doors to the in areas that are not familiar in those um, in those countries so it's it's a great opportunity to be able to live there and do that Yes,
0: I agree. I think it's been a great opportunity for me because it's given me, um, the space to gain a lot of valuable experience in in an area that's very popular, um, in the Americas or in Europe or Asia, where there's more funding, where there's more people have access to more money. Um, so these services are a lot more common knowledge well here i've I've absolutely seen it as an opportunity for me to grow professionally and personally and i'm not sure i would have had that same steep um growth part, yeah growth track um if i had stayed in europe Mm -hmm. um i it's it it's it's just very empowering. And that's what I do with the coaching. It's, it's, it's empower people to, to take control of their own lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes guts to follow your partner around and be a nomad, a tandem nomad. It takes guts. It takes a lot of courage. And um, it's, 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 it's not always an easy ride. Mm-hmm. And not everyone will understand that that it's not an easy ride, except when you're in it. And <laughs> um, um, and that's where I help people along, and um, it is about learning to adapt to change. It's about self empowerment, and it's about regaining a sense of direction in your life, um, that's your own, while you
1: them along. Wonderful. This is an amazing way to actually <laughs> start ending this interview. I love the way you just summarized it, that it does take guts, you know, and that the whole journey is about finding our path and, you know, how we can make a difference and, and how we can be happy while traveling the world. And I really love the way you, you summarized it. But before we say goodbye, I would like to go through the spinning round with you. Are you ready for the spinning round? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for the coming two years?
0: The plans are
1: to keep going.
0: <laughs> we don't have plans to leave Zambia yet. Um, we're happy where we are. Zambia, for people who have travelled Africa, is 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 definitely Africa light. So we're happy where we are, um, and um, we're not ready to leave yet. So. That also gives me a chance to um, establish my portable business
1: Mm.
0: and make, give it a stronger foundation still than it has at the moment.
1: And I'm very excited about that. How, how, how is it for you? What are you implementing to make it a stronger?
0: Um, I'm implementing, I guess, also a lot more virtual services, which... And market those and, yeah, get my name out there. Um, using
1: technology and internet, right?
0: Using technology and internet, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, with that network, you can come a long way, in, and it doesn't really matter where you are. And it also gives me the chance to um, enter the market here in Zambia more. Because I don't want to just have a distance office, no, I love people. I love working with people and actually being able to, to have eye contact and see what they're feeling instead of just listening to a voice and not always knowing what that voice is hiding, you know? Um,
1: I like what you're saying uh, here because, you know, one of the things I try to insist a lot on Tandem Nomads is to use Internet and use technology to grow our businesses and be able to make it portable. But it's also important to not forget the real world and connect locally with our world. Otherwise, what's the point of traveling the world if our whole life turns around, you know, Internet and all the virtual support there is there, which is great. But I love Absolutely. the fact that you insist on also creating your network locally and and making a name for yourself locally.
0: Yeah, it takes time, but it's it's very valuable. On top of it, you know what? You meet people here who are again also going to spread their wings somewhere. Mm. So that also carries your name along. Wonderful. And that's it's like it's 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 like a drop of oil in a puddle of water, you know, it expands.
1: Exactly. <laughs> That's what you're trying. (laughs) So tell me, which book would you recommend to Tandem Nomads?
0: I have this awesome book that I read in two days in Mm -hmm. Spain last year. And it's The Crossroad of Should and Must, Find and Follow Your Passion by L. Luna. It is fantastic. It tells you to draw your own path (laughs) and not to... Worry too much about the path that other people think you should be following, but to really create your own with what matters most to you.
1: Nomad Nation, <laughs> please go to the show notes page of this episode to find all the information about Kirst. Kristen, could you actually tell us how what is the best way to find you? The best
0: way to find me would be through my website, um, that has all my details. Um, and Facebook group in- included. Um, what's, your fa-
1: what's your website's name? It's
0: www.roadmaptoyourdreamcareer.com
1: roadmaptoyourdreamcareer.com That's right. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story here and all your great adventures and what you've learned from it.
0: Uh, Thank you for um, hosting it. It's wonderful what you're doing. I think you're opening up eyes to a lot of issues and a lot of things for people who
1: live our lifestyle and who aspire it too. Thank you for your support. To connect with other expert partners from around the world and share great inspiration and tips together, join us on our private Facebook group. Go to facebook.com and join Tandem Nomads Group.